Perhaps the most memorable encounter I've had with anyone. It's a multi-threaded issue where, number one, only about 10% of customers actually report the issues. So 90% of bugs on a website will never be reported. From the 10% that is reported, the information is vague and inactionable. So the feedback will typically be, hey, your checkout's broken. And then someone will go and test it. They'll say, oh, well, it works for me. But in reality, it's because they're using an iPad on an outdated version of Safari, right? But how many other people are doing that? So how much revenue is being leaked due to that? Welcome to the Own Your Commerce podcast, where leading experts, brands, and innovators reveal strategies for e-commerce growth. I'm your host, Jay Myers, and this show is brought to you by Bold Commerce. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real... Well, pleasure getting to know you over the last couple of years, and I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jay. So for those who don't know, Kaylin's one of the founders of a, a company called Noibu, which we're going to get into, but you've got a bit of an interesting background and what, just tell us who you are. What's your, give us the quick synopsis on, on who Kaylin is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just a, just a regular guy, studied finance, uh, knew nothing about tech. I worked in banking for about a year before we co-founded Noibu and somehow ended up in the uh, error monitoring space for e-com. And so one of the things you mentioned before, it was an accident. You accidentally started this company. What was the accident that happened? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So well, we started Noibu in, in March of 2017. It was originally a uh, VR shopping platform, similar to what you're seeing with the metaverse stuff now. We we're building virtual shopping malls for retailers. And uh, we really beat that drum for about two years, failed to get any meaningful adoption. We had a couple customers, but they weren't really using the product. And uh, what happened was actually we were deploying our software, the VR shopping experience. And at one point, it became evident that it just wasn't scalable. There was limited value for customers. And um, one of our customers at the time was kind of like delaying implementation and was having a lot of issues around conversion. And through a conversation with her, we had found out that they had done some sort of deployment on their website. And all of a sudden, their conversion was down 50%. And they knew there was bugs on the website because their customers kept calling in. But the development agency and their internal developers couldn't reproduce the bug and figure out how to fix it. So she was stuck in this rock in a hard place where she knew they were, they were losing money and she knew there was a bug, but they had no idea how to fix it. And uh, it was really interesting because at that point, we had never thought of... We didn't really know what bugs were. And we through that conversation, learned that that was much bigger of a pain than VR shopping was. And then we had actually took that information and asked our other customers and some prospects that we talked to. And they indicated that that was a much bigger pain point, And it was completely a white space in the market at the time. So that's how we pivoted into error monitoring in like late 2019. Hmm. And it's probably of the people that said it's a pain point, I imagine for every one like issue that a brand knows about, there's probably nine issues that they don't even know that a customer could be experiencing. And they just think their sales is X amount a month and that's what it is. But there could be other issues that they're having that they're not even aware of. And if they're not aware of it, they don't think it's an issue. So, I mean, that's just like the tip of the iceberg is what a merchant knows for issues, I would imagine. Oh, 100%. It's a multi-threaded issue where, A, number one, like you mentioned, only about 10% of customers actually report the issues. So 90% of bugs on a website will never be reported. From the 10% that is reported, the information is vague and inactionable. So the feedback will typically be, 
hey, your checkout's broken, but it worked. And then someone will go and test it. They'll say, oh, well, it works for me. But in reality, it's because they're using an iPad on an outdated version of Safari, right? But how many other people are doing that? So how much revenue is being leaked due to that? So it's like you said, it's the tip of the iceberg. And there's actually a fundamental broken workflow between the customer service department, the e-commerce department, and the technical department, where the information passed over isn't specific enough to actually action any of the issues that are being opened. Okay, so what exactly is Noibu then? How does it work? And what is it? Yeah, it's a great question. So we're an enterprise-grade software that automatically detects all the bugs on a website. We'll rank them based on annual revenue loss, and we'll provide all the relevant information for the tech team to be able to resolve the bugs. So we're a cross-functional platform that works between e-commerce, product management, and engineering to make sure that we're working on the most valuable bugs to the business, and we have all the relevant data to actually solve the bugs. So that means it's some code or a script you put on your store and then it tracks anytime there's an issue with, let's say a customer clicks add to cart, something doesn't work. You do the math on what percentage of customers would actually complete a purchase based and then multiplied by average order volume by X, by this bug is affecting X number of customers. And then you have some type of a quantifiable dollar amount for the merchant. Is that in layman's terms? Exactly. So look at it like almost like an A-B test, right? When this error code happens, conversion goes from 70% down to 50%. And looking at that drop of 20%, we then map that out to how often that bug happens and the average order value to give you the annual amount of revenue that would be dropped if we don't solve the bug. And then what does the dev team or the merchant, what do they get? They get a is a screen recording of the issue or is it just a reporting on like the exact... What kind of details do they get to address it? Yeah, that's a great question. So it works out of a dashboard. So you're able to see, it almost looks like a big Excel spreadsheet, your top bugs with the annual revenue loss. You can click through it. And then at that point, it'll show you where in the funnel it's being dropped. It'll show you the behaviors that customers are experiencing when they have this bug. So for example, if it's a checkout bug, people will be rage clicking on the place order button or they'll be refreshing a lot. And then from there, it'll show... You mentioned video recording, so it'll show completely anonymized video recording. So no private information, credit card details, stuff like that. But it'll show like a screen recording of what happened to the user. And it'll provide all the technical information on the JavaScript or the server side to actually be able to resolve the bug. Amazing. And you like looking at your site, and I know we have some some mutual customers with Bold, but there's some large, there's some very household recognizable names in there. So you're you're fairly early on, like what you said you launched in 19 officially? Or who was the first customer and when did they, like your first Noibu customer? Yeah, the first Noibu kind of, Noibu 2.0 customer was Savada So it was actually the same customer as Noibu 1.0, which was the VR shopping. And they're a small retailer out of Montreal. But yeah, that was midway through 2019 is when we onboarded our first client to this product line. And now looking at the site, like you've got Avon, who are some of the brands that stand out that are, are using Noibu? Avon, like you mentioned, Champion. We have Guess. We have one of the largest retailers in the world in Carrefour, based out of Belgium. We have very quick-growing DDC brands like Solo Stove, Psycho Bunny. Those are kind of like digitally native brands. But we mainly work with larger enterprise retailers. And for the Canadian folks, it would be the David's Tees, the Simons, the Princess Autos, 
Giant Tiger. Those are all of our customers as well. Hmm, amazing. And then what is the, uh, the onboarding process look like for a brand if someone wants to use it? Is it just put some code on the site? Is it an app with their particular platform? Or what does it look like to get going with it? Yeah, so it takes less than five minutes. It's just a piece of code into Google Tag Manager. Okay, awesome. Going back a little bit on, on starting the company, I'm always interested in this because I started bold with three of my friends and you learn some things, you make some mistakes and you do some things right. You probably do more things wrong than you do right and you, you figure things out as you go. Just in anything stand out in the early days of Noibu, lessons learned, I would say, when you started the company. Oh, I think the biggest lesson learned is coming up with a solution that has no problem is probably one of the biggest challenges for all startups. So our first product was a solution to a problem that no one ever had, which was VR shopping, right? So not saying VR shopping will never be a thing, but that's it's very different than alleviating a pain point for a customer. It's kind of like an incremental benefit that's unknown. So it's very, very big. So I'd say the top lesson was we took a more first principles approach to what problems do retailers have? How can we build software to solve those problems? And that's kind of the approach we took for the second version of our product. And yeah, I mean, anyone who's looking to start a company, I would say if you can solve a problem, your life becomes 100 times easier. Yeah, even I often categorize software into two categories, vitamins and pain medicine. And vitamins, you're a pain medicine. (laughs) So pain medicine, you can always charge more for there's more demand for it than vitamins because the vitamins of the world can potentially make you better and healthier. Pain deals with an issue right now. And there's a lot of software that, yeah, it has potential, might make you more money, might bring you more customers, might increase conversion, might this. But Noibu is addressing a pain, money bleeding on the site at this exact moment. And I would challenge anyone listening, like if you're in the, whatever you're selling, know what you are because it's a very different marketing strategy if you're Advil or if you're a vitamin. (laughs) And I've noticed that like with some of the clients that we've, that are mutual customers between Bold and Noibu, it seems like the sales process is to me very easy because if someone puts it on and they see, bam, within a few weeks of monitoring that you're losing potentially this much amount, I imagine, maybe it's my ignorance, but I imagine that that's the sales flow and it must be pretty easy at that point versus going through a deck and telling someone the potential of their software and how much it could make. It's like, hey, here it is. Here's how much you're losing. Do you want to keep monitoring it? Yeah, it's super interesting you say that because at the end of the day, someone after running a scan with Noibu has to make a conscious decision to walk away from millions of dollars in added revenue. And that's really hard to do as an executive. So as long as you have the right people in the room, it's very rare that someone will walk away from that opportunity. Totally. So how does the billing work? Is it a percentage of recovered revenue or just a... Yeah, no, it's a great question. We actually hook it on to sessions, annual sessions. So we play with traffic growth. Okay. That makes a lot more sense actually than percentage of recovered because it's... Yeah. If some, <laughs> I could imagine. That'd be great for <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Not so good for the brands, I imagine. Is there anyone else doing what you're doing or any, any competitors in the space? It's a great question. I, I always tell the sales team, our number one competitor is complacency. So we're actually not replacing any existing software. It's a pure white space. So typically what's happened is marketing has had session recording tools, which are kind of a commodity at that stage. They just record the videos. 
And then tech teams have these deep technical tools that it's like basically just raw error codes. And no one has ever correlated business impact to root cause error analysis. And when you look in the e-com space, I think it's about 75% of our customers have an external agency. So now you're starting to actually see two departments that are actually very siloed. So there is no cross-functional collaboration tool to prioritize tech debt and be able to actually resolve it and then correlate it back to increases in conversion. So to answer your question, we're actually competing against complacency, which is the current process of bug happens. Nine out of 10 times, it doesn't get reported. Even when it does, there's this back and forth bickering between the retailer and the agency of, well, there's a bug. And then the retailer at the agency goes, I don't have enough information to to reproduce it. And then they go, well, 10 people called about it, so it must be real. And then there's this drain of engineering and basically retailer resource on basically going back and forth on A, is there a bug? And B, how do I fix it if it's even there? Yeah. I'm totally curious. What are some of the most common issues or bugs that Noibu catches? I think it's important to understand the context as to like, why do bugs happen in the first place? So if we look at the modern e-com stack, what happens is there's a lot of microservices plugging into this website. And the probability that that has been tested on every single version of device and browser and all those combinations is literally impossible. So you could be shopping on an iPhone 8 Safari and the checkout doesn't work or the add to cart doesn't work. And you could be on the same iPhone just on a different browser and it works, right? So it's all these different combinations that create all this white space. And with that said, some of the most common issues we see is around multiple payment gateways. So for example, there's an active bug right now on one of the platforms, and I won't mention it, but basically all the customers have it. And our customers who use Noibu on this platform have been solving this bug. But other people haven't, where if you basically start your journey on Apple Pay, so you, you go through the whole flow and you go to use Apple Pay, and for whatever reason, your Apple Pay doesn't work, right? It just could be a declined credit card, not a big deal. And then you go and try and pay through PayPal or regular credit card. The system detects that Apple Pay has been engaged and will not let you use Mm. any other system because it Hmm. thinks there's an active session with Apple Pay. So basically, anyone on this platform, which there's millions of merchants using this platform, as soon as they go through that flow, doesn't work for them. Interesting. And you don't have to say, of course, the platform, but I noticed you said, I won't say the platform, (laughs) which do you find, whether it's an app or a platform or software, do they get defensive or is it I don't know, like you're kind of shedding light on an issue. Do you run into challenges with software companies saying, well, that's not us, that's not us? Or what's that experience been like? We really try and make it an ecosystem problem, which it really is. It is an ecosystem problem. Has that happened in the past? Oh, for sure. But we're very solutions oriented. So it hasn't really been an issue as of late. We've been able to train our team to basically navigate these conversations. The one thing I'll say is any platform or agency that is positioning their platform as the perfect platform with no bugs, I mean, that's where they're setting the wrong expectation. But anyone who has software experience knows software is not perfect, right? There's going to be bugs on a platform. That's just normal. That's to be expected. 
So the answer is not really. It hasn't been an issue in the past. It's been brought up a few times, but it hasn't really been a, a huge concern of us lately. And definitely not with software companies. Software companies understand this. Uh, it's been more so at the agency level where it's been an issue. But software companies are progressive. Like They get it. Like It's impossible to write code that has zero bugs. Right. And it's not even necessarily bugs. Like We at Bold live in the... We have multiple products and one product can be functioning perfectly well. And there's another product functioning perfectly well, but the two integrated together, something doesn't work. And so it's not that one person is doing anything wrong. And that's the viewpoint like the software companies have to have is you're doing everything right. They're doing everything right. But the two together, they're not integrated properly or they're not triggering something that should get triggered. And I know that's the mentality we had. A large customer, it was about a year ago, they installed Noibu and they kind of freaked out a little bit saying, holy cow, we're losing this much money. And when you came to us and we right away were like, this is actually awesome. We want to hear this. Like it was like undetected and there was multiple software vendors at play and there's integrations and, and we were able to address it fairly quickly. And that's why like Noibu is a great partner. It makes us better. Like it makes us build better software. But that's like, I think a big thing is in, you know, you called it microservices whether it's apps, microservices, if you think about your tech stack of your site, like anyone listening right now, like just jot it down on a piece of paper, every single thing that goes into there. That's just what like merchants will think of like apps and, and microservices. But then even layer underneath that is the technology, the JavaScript and what libraries are you using? And there's, there's just hundreds of things that can affect a customer's flow. And I found you know, what was interesting, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but with that one example that I mentioned with one of our customers, it wasn't something that threw, like we have bug snag and we have all kinds of error bug monitoring tools, but that one issue wasn't detected because it wasn't actually a bug in the sense that our software was failing or the other software was failing, but the two together, it created a situation where a customer couldn't get past a point, but both for us and the other software, no bug snags were, were being shown, right? And that's, that's why, where I see the value in Noibu. And I, I imagine is the majority of errors that it catches something that maybe wouldn't even fall under the bug category. It's just something stopping the customer's flow. So it's, it's interesting you bring that up because that's one of the biggest things that we see is, so if you're running any type of bug software today, it's only really capturing console bugs. In our, our experience, that's only about like 20% of the bugs that we're capturing. So to answer your question is, are they still bugs? It really, like that becomes a semantic thing. The way we look at bugs is, is it's like, it's a bug if it's something failing that's blocking a user. But the way that those softwares operate is they only capture things from the console, which are usually pretty blatantly obvious. That's only about 20% of the bugs that we capture. So we're capturing about five times more than that. We go deeper and I'm not going to get into the mechanics, but I don't want to bore everyone. But basically, the one question I always love having asked to kind of e-com leaders and head of digital is, do you know how much revenue you lost last year due to technical glitches? And the answer is, I have no clue. And then following that up with what percentage of your revenue is lost due to technical glitches? They have no idea. So that's how I know it's a complete white space. So if you use Noibu, you can answer that question. If you don't use Noibu, you cannot answer that question. And that's how we kind of typically get that off to the executive teams. It's not even a metric that comes up that people track. Like if you ask brands, what's your North Star metrics? What's on their dashboard? You know, it's customer acquisition costs, it's lifetime value, it's conversion rates, it's churn, it's all these metrics. No one's tracking that. It's just not a thing that 
that is ever even discussed and you're building software that solves it, which is amazing. What are some of the best wins that you can talk of? And you don't have to say brands names, but like stuff that you're personally proud of that Noibu has helped brands with. Two things that come to mind. Uh, first one is our customers increased their GMV by over a billion dollars last year solving bugs. So that was one of the metrics that billion we put dollar, together. Okay, wait, billion what does dollars. that mean? That means that means Noibu detected a billion dollars worth of potentially lost revenue and it was addressed and fixed? Our customers resolved a billion dollars worth of bugs last year. That's crazy. All of our customers put together. I think it was 1.1 billion. Yeah. Huh, amazing. So what's really nice about this is we have all the data so we can see the average amount of revenue loss per session. And we actually take a look at that. And obviously, we captured more than a billion dollars of bugs, of loss. right? But when we look at was actually solved and amortized that over the year, yeah, it was it was over. It was one point one billion, and that was one of the goals that we had set last year. And this is actually pretty random. I don't want to quote Elon Musk because it's kind of cliche. But when we were pivoting the business in twenty nineteen, there was like a video I watched with Elon Musk, and it was everyone always wants to charge. Everyone always wants to like increase their prices, right? And what's the easiest way to increase your your price? Well, it's increase the value that you bring. So we set our metrics around value. We know if we can help our customers increase their GFB, they're just going to want to pay us more. Right, like it's so much easier to just focus on driving more value for your customers and then taking a percentage of it than trying to like manufacture these pricing models that gets more from the retailer. We want to tie ourselves to their success loosely, so that would be the first thing I'd bring up. The second thing is, and I can't name uh, one of the brands, but we support two of the ten largest retail brands in the world, and we're able to do that in a in a pretty short period of time. So that was pretty impressive as well from like a logo standpoint. We were really proud of that. Is the goal to get all 10? Like, why wouldn't the other eight want it? To be honest, there's no good reason at all. If we run a scan, we're going to capture millions of dollars of losses. Like, they'll be watching a video of someone like hitting place order and then it not working. And one thing that we see happen too is all you have to do is go on Twitter, go right checkout error on Twitter right now and go look at all the people that are complaining. Every minute someone else has a bug, right? So it's, it's a real problem, which is really nice that we get to solve it. Amazing. What are some of the exciting things coming down the pipe for Noibu? Yeah, it's a growth is, is really exciting. So we grew 3.3x last year. We grew 6x the year before. We're well on pace to uh, triple again this year. I think above and beyond that, we're going to continuously invest in our platform. Yeah, I mean, that's all kind of around growth, which is like a lot of the area that we come from. But I think where we really want to kind of further staple ourselves is how much value could we add to our customer base, right? So we added a billion dollars of GMV last year. How far can we push the team? What are we going to do? Are we going to get to 3 billion? Are we going to get to 4 billion? That's a metric that is really, really important to us. And that's one of our North Star metrics is basically how much value can we generate for our customers. Yeah. Anything on the product side? You know, you can't leak too far out. But to me, one thing that comes up in my mind is potential integrations with like Hotjar or other things like pushing to if they have other monitoring tools already, having Noibu results pushed to them because you're getting all these different ones, all these different tools. Is that something that comes up a lot with brands? Yes. So we have an ecosystem of integrations and we're further developing that. Our Jira integration was a huge integration for us in Q4 of last year. So as I mentioned before, we kind of sit in three departments. We sit like revenue, product, and then engineering. 
So product is prioritization. Revenue is revenue. Like they're just like, hey, like I want these bugs solved so my, my metrics can go up and to the right. So we introduced a Jira integration, which allows basically the product manager to just click a button and all the details needed go straight to the engineering team and slots into their sprints. So that's really exciting. And then on the end side, we have the Noibu SDK. So we enable our customers and our developers that are part of our customers' websites to actually deeply embed Noibu into their workflow by integrating their other tools and push data to and from Noibu. Amazing. Yeah, that's big for us. Yeah, that's, that is huge. And I think you're, sounds like you're just getting started. <laughs> like there's so much potential here, even in beyond e-commerce, or is that remain the focus? It's very interesting that you say that. I think we're going to stay vertically integrated in e-com for a while. There's definitely opportunity on SaaS apps. Like I get reached out sometimes where if you're like a SaaS app that's self-signed up, that's a use case that I feel like we could easily support, but we're really big on focus and e-commerce is so big. We're having insane traction in higher level SMB, mid-market and enterprise, and we're really roaring upstream. But we know that there's the problem downstream as well. If you look at big commerce or Shopify, any, any real app system, there's situations where you install an app and obviously not all the apps are tested together. So like you could have these seven apps and they work and then you introduce the eighth and the second and the eighth conflict. So I think there's a lot of opportunity kind of downstream as well. But our, our focus is really just kind of swallowing up the mid-market and enterprise. And we've been making a huge, huge footprint there, supporting a lot of, a lot of larger brands that are kind of have the entrenched engineering company organization rather. And is it every platform? Yep, we're fully agnostic. Yep. It doesn't matter. It's through Google Tag Manager. So as long as there's Google Tag Manager on the site, you can have Noibu on. Exactly. And one of the misconceptions is that some platforms have more bugs than the other. We have the data. We're pretty equally divided through platforms. Every platform has the same. So you know what the biggest driver is? It's actually not the platform. It's the amount of sessions. So if you look at revenue loss per session, it's the same across all platforms, more or less. Interesting. Yeah. That's good to know when the platforms are all beaten up on each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'd mentioned before, right? So if part of your strategy on the platform side is to position yourself as the perfect platform, that's where I think there's like a, a misalignment of expectations with customers. And we, we do see that on our end. What would be a reason why platforms wouldn't have Noibu natively integrated? Yeah. So the way I describe it is the platforms give you a car right? Now, if you go and you replace the engine and this, and you make not only cosmetic, but mechanical changes to it, it voids the warranty, right? And I think that's the stance of the platform is we handed you this out of the box thing. And when I handed it to you, it it worked, right? And obviously we can't have four or 5 million merchants in the world with the same website that wouldn't work. There's competition, there's functionality that doesn't work out of the box that you need. So as soon as you change one thing, all bets are off because all that software was never tested in a vacuum. Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Crazy. This has been enlightening. I want to fire off a couple quick questions, which uh, I do at the end of every episode. I think it'll be fun with you because you see so many different sites and you're spending a lot of time on the good and, well, I shouldn't say the bad, the, the, <laughs> the ones that have errors, the ones that don't. A couple quick lightning round questions here. So I didn't prep you on this at all, but what's the biggest mistake you see e-commerce brands make? I think number one mistake is they invest in new features 
without adequately investing in tech debt. So as you know, you guys are a SaaS platform. You can keep adding features, but every feature you add adds new tech debt. And if you don't balance, strike a balance of like 80, 20, 80 feature, 20 tech debt, and you just pump new features, you end up with a bloated platform that has stability issues. So that's probably one of the larger issues that we've seen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have a pet peeve when you shop online? Really slow websites is really annoying. Really, really slow websites is annoying. I actually had a checkout issue when booking a flight the other day, and it blocked all my credit cards. And it was the most annoying thing in the world because not only did it like, it blocked all, I had to call the bank for all my cards. Like I have three cards and I tried each of them and there was just a bug where it was just like flagging me, I guess, as fraud or whatever. Anyways, that's a huge pet peeve. So getting a bug, but which is a cliche, but like more so getting my cards locked out. That that was really, really annoying actually. Jeez. What's your favorite online store or the last place you bought something? Oh, that's a good question. Probably Lululemon. <laughs> okay, nice. What's your favorite thing about your job? I get to work with exceptionally smart people and a lot of them are my friends. And my co-founders are my two best friends. And I know a lot of people say you don't want to mix friendship and business, but I think we've nailed the art of it with a high feedback culture and just kind of like separating personal from business. But the favorite thing about my job is I get to work with really smart people that I consider my friends. Awesome. Yeah, you can't beat that. Two more. One, uh, which I think I know what the answer is going to be. What's the number one thing you think stores can do to grow sales, but they aren't? And this is probably going to be not grow sales, but save the ones you're losing. Unless I'm wrong, unless there's something else you think, but yeah, no, I, I think the marketer always wants to increase the top of funnel, and sometimes you need to optimize towards the end of the funnel. I think errors is a portion of it. I also think just single-threaded design, like not iterating on design and doing A/B tests. I think so. To answer your question, I would say optimize bottom of funnel, and that includes solving bugs and tech debt, but also optimizing design. I think is really important. Last question: Most of our listeners, they're business owners and entrepreneurs are either running a store or a lot, a lot are partners. You've started a company. Any inspirational quotes or thoughts or things you live by or things that have been really important to you as you've started the company, hired people, grown, that you've learned along the way? Words of wisdom from Kaylin. <laughs> <laughs> I would say extreme ownership. Extreme ownership is probably the one thing that changed the trajectory of my life the most. The book, Extreme Ownership? So actually, yeah. Or the concept or the book? Yeah, Both, actually, to be completely honest with you, where the book is where I got the concept from. But the concept is basically don't make excuses. Just figure out a way of getting it done. Like finger pointing culture, just like blaming. And that is just so not productive. Being solutions oriented and focusing on what's in your realm of control will change anyone's life. And for entrepreneurs, will allow you to succeed. Oh, man, that is so good. (laughs) I'll just say not just in business, but in every area of life. (laughs) I'm a parent and I have kids and my wife, we were just talking about this last night. Even when if a kid leaves a mess in the house, there's two people, they're either problem focused or solution focused. And the parents that are like, if you're reactive in life and you're reactive and problem focused, you're going to have a sad life, sad business, whatever it is. But if you observe and are solution focused, You'll have a happy life, whether that's parenting, whether that's business, whether that's anywhere else. So that's a great thing to end on. Where can people learn more about you or follow you or learn more about Noibu? Where do you want to send them? Yeah, I mean, they could check out our website, noibu.com. They could request a scan. N-O-I-B-U, correct? Exactly. Yeah, just noibu.com. They could request a scan. I, I think really 
the question I always like to ask is, how much revenue did you lose today due to bugs? The answer is you probably have no idea. Request a scan. We do a free website audit. We pick up top 10 or 15 bugs. That I think is probably the best way to find me or find Noibu. Me personally, I mean, I keep a relatively low profile. I'm on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always up for a chat. If there's any entrepreneurs that are struggling or not struggling and just want to chat, they could reach out. And any merchants that, that's curious about what we do as well could reach out and we could walk through the platform. Awesome. Well, Kaylin, this has been enlightening and I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Jay. That's it for another episode of Own Your Commerce. If what you've heard has helped you in any way, I'd love it if you'd leave us a review in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a new podcast and reviews really help spread the word. And if you know someone you think that might benefit from this podcast, share it with a friend. If you'd like to learn more about Bold, visit boldcommerce.com. You can view all our past episodes. And if you have a story you'd like to tell, we'd love to have you on the show. You can apply to be a guest or suggest a guest on our website as well. That's all for now. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.